Hey, welcome to the latest edition of the University of Denver Pioneers Coaches Shows on 104.3 The Fan HD3, presented by Johnson Financial Group and from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios. My name is Tyler Mon. We are back for week two of uh, our Pioneer Coaches Shows here in 2023-24, and pleased to be joined for the first time this season by Denver men's soccer coach Jamie Franks, who joins us uh, just three days away from the start of the season. We're recording this on Monday the 21st. Uh, how's it feel, man? Another year uh, getting ready to roll. It's uh, I would imagine this is always an exciting uh, first week uh, to get the, the competitive juices back flowing. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's just great to um... – do what you love. And, 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 uh, you know, student athletes, they've just been working so hard all summer, um, you know, really all winter and spring to kind of get you back to this point. So, uh, you know, there's some nervous energy within the team, but, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, all good things. People are really grateful to be back. You are headed into, uh, you know, uh, another year in a conference that you know so well. You've been with the program now for a dozen years. You've been head coach, uh, you know, going into your ninth season, I believe. And um, to be at this stage and think back kind of where all of this was when you started with this program or when you started as the head coach to where you are now, what what changes most for you as a head coach at this time of year? Is it pretty um, consistent across the board what you've been able to do uh, through your first, you know, almost decade? is the, the head man of this program or do things evolve every year? No, I think you have to evolve, but the core principles and, 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 and the vision and the mission of the program has always stayed the same. And, and, um, you know, I think you refine some of the processes and some of the systems, um, you know, in recruiting or character development or just, uh, system processes of how we train through with sports medicine, uh, including sports performance, um, you know, but ultimately we're teachers at heart and, and, uh, you know, we're looking for the highest character, uh, student athletes. So none of that has changed. Uh, you know, all the success is coming from, uh, you know, recruiting winning people. Let's talk about the the start to this year for you and your guys. You got a chance to to go to North Carolina, get a week, uh, you know, on the road, uh, play a couple of, of preseason matches, get your legs under yourselves uh, between the lines. But not just that, you get to also, you know, be out of the routine of being at home. And it feels like teams always get to know each other so much better uh, in those circumstances where everything outside of uh, your walls is kind of removed and you just get to focus on the group together. What was that trip like for you and your guys? Yeah, it's just um, a way to find adversity, uh, whether that be delayed flights, um, you know, having to cut film on the road, whether that be player meetings, whether that's continental breakfast uh, at I won't at an undisclosed hotel. Um, you know, it's just dealing with all those things <laughs> and kind of dealing with all those variables. And, you know, how do you make sure that the group stays focused? You know, I think that's uh, our motto is fighting football, which is this idea of like playing every play and, and uh, you know, with a lot of outside noise and a lot of outside adversity. Uh, that's just what we want from the team. And so bringing back so many starters from last year, we just felt like it was really necessary. Uh, you know, they've been training all summer. Uh, they've been in and around the facility. Uh, you know, they still don't start school for another two and a half, three weeks. And so for us, it, it's just about finding adversity, getting outside of our comfort zones. And, uh, you know, I thought that's what the trip did for us. When you uh, have a group that, like you said, you're bringing back uh, a good amount of talent from last year. So you're already so familiar with how your guys are, you know, uh, in the dressing room, on the bench, uh, during gameplay, during travel, all of that. When you bring in new guys and you have such a firmly established culture of all that talent, uh, what does that do to help 
continue the foundation laying of of Denver football, whether it's um, you know something that happens away from the the pitch or something that happens during games. How much does that continuity help you guys as a staff? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think, you know, at the core of what we're doing is is development. You know, we're not looking at the transfer portal and, and bringing 13 new guys off the transfer portal. And, and, and you know, uh, to each his own, some programs are going that route. But for us, it's the development of the person. And so we feel that the longer that you're with the program, uh, you know, the more that you're going to develop, the more that the the more that you're going to learn through the experience. And that just not doesn't go for soccer. That goes for getting an undergrad degree or getting a master's degree. And and so for us, uh, you know, I think uh, one of the biggest tests of, hey, are, are, are we doing a good enough job with the development model is, hey, did somebody redshirt last year and where are they at technically in their you know second year, but first, you know, real uh, year of playing and. You know, last year we had three guys that started uh, in that group. This year it's looking like two or three, uh, you know, and then an, an additional three other freshmen we think are really going to help. And so um, we're very excited about, uh, you know, adding them to the group because they all add different skill sets. And, you know, anybody that's seen us play, uh, we're a collective group and, 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 and we do it with, uh, you know, numerical superiority. Um, but just having some of these new guys, uh, you know, that offer us something a little bit different with their skill sets. Uh, so we're really excited about it. Tell us about, I mean, from a, a style of play aspect, uh, teams uh, across the country, you know, from year to year, add a little bit here or there, change a little bit here and there. Pioneers fans are so familiar with you and your staff, your tenure, what's made you successful. Um, what can fans expect from this group this year that you feel like are really some advantages and what's maybe something new for people to keep an eye on? Yeah, I just think uh, there's a higher level of technical ability within the team. And so because of that, uh, I think we're able to keep the ball for longer stretches and 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 uh, possession. Uh, I know it's not a stat that wins and loses you games, uh, but for us, uh, our ability to uh, control the tempo of the game, I think is something that is just superior, uh, you know, uh, and I think uh, it's going to definitely be a skill set of ours and, it would just be interesting, I think, as teams uh, kind of play us. Uh, you know, we saw kind of two different uh, systems against us, teams that either pressed really high against us or sat really deep. And, uh, you know, so I think this year we're going to be a little bit more ready for both. Let's talk a little bit about this schedule. We're going to preview some specifics about what's coming up for your team uh, here over the next week, two weeks. But uh, the the schedule for you guys this year, uh, you start in kind of a an unfamiliar place as far as, as Denver soccer goes, where you're at home for a while. You get to play your first six at home. Uh, you kick things off against San Diego State, and then you get Grand Canyon coming in. You get SMU, uh, which is a program you've got a, a lot of, uh, you know, cross-conference history with playing them in the NCAA tournament. Creighton's going to be here for the first time, and I think over a decade uh and then you get uc san diego and central arkansas all of that before you have to hit the road for the first time what does that do for your team uh to be able to settle into the flow of a season and not worry about um leaving home for the first time for for a little while yeah the program ranks in top 10 and wins four over the past nine years or eight years and i think when you look at the other teams that are in those top 10 uh you know we're having 80 90 wins out of the hundred wins coming from home. And so, you know, if you look at us, it's quite the opposite. Uh, you know, last year, you know, uh, we had to wins at Virginia, wins in Maryland, ties on the road, uh, you know, at Pitt, at Georgetown. Those are, those are tough places. And, and uh, you know, for my group, uh, a lot of the wins that we have over those eight years have to be on the road. Um, and so to, to start at home, uh, 
uh, Nico's going to correct me, but the record is like 99 and, 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 and eight at home. And, 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 uh, you know, it's special to play at home, the type of grass that's here, uh, you know, the altitude, uh, you know, playing at home, sleeping in our beds, having our own sports performance, uh, you know, normal meals, all the variables that we kind of talked about why we traveled, uh, you know, in preseason is the opposite here. A uh, lot more, a lot of more controllables. And so, you know, for us to have six games, uh, you know, on the road, we need to take care of business. But the only way to take care of business in the first six is just worrying about the first one. And so uh, spoken like a true coach, you know, we're just going to take one game here at a time. But, uh, you know, getting at home, uh, you know, those six games is really important because we feel like we can really figure out who we are, you know, during that stretch. You're 80, 11, and 9 uh, at home, and you are uh, a guy who obviously you've built so much of this program around the idea that you'll schedule anybody anywhere at any time. You will travel. You'll play those big matches on the road. You'll play Power 5 schools and do all these things. How much does that culture – it's one thing when you're a young coach to say that, and then it's another to do it and back it up the way you have over your coaching career. How much pride do your guys take in the fact that uh, that is something that you live up to? It's not just a thing that you say as a platitude in coaching, but you do schedule those matchups. You do go on the road and get wins and draws and, and really important results. Uh, what does that do for building the, the culture and the confidence of the program? I think it's immense. I think when, you know, any athlete knows when, when the competition time comes uh, and they look across and they see their competitor, uh, you know, to, to really believe that you can beat that other team, that's the difference. And the only way to do that is to go on the road and take your swings. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think for our group, uh, we're always fighting for respect, uh, you know, 14 wins last year. I, I think there's only, you know, five, six, seven teams that had 14 wins last season. And so uh, being ranked in the top 10 all year in the coaches poll and then not getting uh, a top 16 seed uh, sounds ridiculous. And, 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 and for us, you know, we're constantly trying to fight this uphill battle. And so for us, uh, you know, if you look at our top 25 record last year, uh, it was, it was just as good as anybody else. And so, uh, you know, when you're lining up, up against these other teams, there's a real sense of belief from the student athletes because they've played in those games. You know, they know, even if it's a tie, uh, you know, or, or, you know, every now and then, if you, you, you drop a game, uh, you know, it should give them real confidence because, you know, we can beat anybody in any condition on any given day. Well, there's a lot of fun stuff coming up here over the next few weeks, and we're going to talk about that when we return as episode number two of the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show continues, presented by Johnson Financial Group from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios. Back in a minute on 104.3 The Fan. Continuing along on 104.3 The Fan, it is the Denver Pioneer Coaches Show presented by Johnson Financial Group from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios. My name is Tyler Mon, joined by Pioneers head men's soccer coach Jamie Franks as the Pioneers open the season this week at home against San Diego State. The Aztecs arrive in town for a Thursday evening matchup at University of Denver Soccer Stadium, 7 p.m. kickoff for that one. Uh, Jamie, this is a, a cool way to start. Obviously, we talk about the, the advantageous schedule, at least in terms of being around at home, uh, but these are not easy uh, draws schedule wise right out of the gate and there's a, a very cool tie-in with San Diego State you've got a former assistant who is now the head man with that program Ryan Hopkins um, you had a chance to play in San Diego last year uh, at SDSU and to now get them coming here going against somebody that you're so familiar with what are sort of the opportunities and the challenges that that presents and especially knowing you know you didn't have a whole lot of things that went the wrong way schedule wise last year that was one of the ones that turned into a loss uh, to one at San Diego State. Uh, what do you want to see corrected for your guys? 
Yeah, first, you know, I think uh, the reason why we play, uh, you know, San Diego State is because we have so much respect for Ryan Hopkins and, and uh, you know, all that he's done with that program. And, you know, uh, just really grateful for his time spent at the University of Denver, which obviously we could have kept him longer, uh, you know, but our job is to push guys on. And, you know, if you look at the, you know, the last assistants that, 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 that are here, yeah. Associate head coach of New Mexico United, associate head coach of uh, North Florida. You have Hops at San Diego State as the head coach. You have a head coach at High Point. Uh, you know, so for us, uh, the program is about developing, and that goes for the assistants too. And, and I'm just really, really happy to call Ryan a friend. And, and ultimately, we play each other to make each other better. And so, uh, yeah, last year we were pissed, pissed at the result. Didn't, didn't, didn't feel like that was uh, favorable of how the game went. Uh, you know, lost our um, focus on a couple of restarts. And that was the difference. And, 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 and the margins are so small, uh, you know, when you're playing top programs. And so we're just really excited to play them home and, uh, you know, uh, you know, just excited, obviously, for the challenge. As a head coach, what are the things that you like learning most about your team that first match out? Because there's always going to be that uh, sort of acclimation period, I feel like, to game speed. You can scrimmage and, and you know, drill and, and practice and train and even play exhibition matches all you want. But for whatever reason, the pace of everything feels totally different for athletes when it's for real. Um, game number one, what do you most want to see out of your team in terms of that evolution for your your first time out? Just the same thing that we always kind of talk about is playing every play. You know, I, I think our unique ability to stay focused on the next play, that's the only one that you can control is, is huge. And, and, you know, so many players uh, get distracted from, uh, you know, anxiety or bad touches or, 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 or the crowd or the heat or a knock or something like that. And, you know, our guys just being resilient and, and, and being focused on that next play, you know, the thing that we're most focused on is their ability to problem solve and their ability to help each other. So uh, soccer is a very, very different sport where the staff is not out on the field. So, you know, it's a player's game. This San Diego State team versus what you saw last year, um, what are the biggest things that stand out? Obviously, you know, evaluating a team that hasn't yet played uh, presents its own set of challenges. But what do you expect to see similar to what you saw last year in San Diego? And what do you think is going to be different about this team as they come in? Yeah, I think they have a lot of obviously changes into their lineup, but, uh, you know, looking at some of the changes and, and, and some of the people they've brought in, just a little bit more of maturity, a little bit probably more collectiveness, um, you know, last year they had, uh, you know, some really, really talented players. Um, and so this year, I think it's just probably going to be a little bit more collective from them, but at the end of the day, we've been, you know, progressing our system of play for nine months. We're not as focused on what San Diego state's going to be doing. Uh, you know, we're, this whole season, we're going to do it, uh, you know, our way with our system of play. We're obviously not going to preview specifics about future opponents because you're all focused just on San Diego State, but you do have that real quick turnaround from San Diego State on Thursday to Grand Canyon on Sunday, and that's something you're going to get familiar with as the season goes along, you know, whether it's Thursday to Sunday or Friday to Monday matchup. Um, to get your guys into the rhythm of a season, um, what are the the biggest points of emphasis when you come out of match number one and all of a sudden it's, all right, we got 48 hours, 72 hours to get set, and we got another one right behind this? I just think it's, uh, you know, you take a step back and, you know, Matt Shaw, our, our, our head of sports performance kind of always talks about, um, you know, this old idea of like, hey, we got to manage the guys. Hey, we have to manage the team. I don't think it's that anymore. I think it's more about developing the team. I think it's more about teaching the team. And and and, and so, you know, after that first game, there's probably uh, because the roster is so competitive, there's probably five or six guys 
you know, that maybe don't play on the Thursday that can help you on Sunday. And so how we train them on Friday and Saturday is really important and, 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 and how you develop them. Uh, you know, ultimately uh, the starting lineup changes so much from the very, very first game until the 15th game. And so we're just focused on, on the performance environment every day and, and making sure that the standards are high and that the training itself uh, is putting them in, in, in challenging situations. And so, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, if you played in that game, it's rest recovery and how to, you know, how do you ramp back up? Uh, you know, how do you learn uh, the lessons from the game before? Uh, but there's a handful of other guys that we think can really help us. And so the way that we train them, the way that we develop them through the season, uh, it matters. So those days will not be light. Um, and we're just looking really to kind of really uh, focus in on the performance environment. From the standpoint of people who you feel like can take that next step this year, you've got 16 letter winners back, nine starters, as you mentioned. Um, are there names that you think Pioneers fans, you know, got familiar with last year who who you should keep an eye on more closely this year or people who you feel like are kind of primed for taking that next step in the evolution of becoming a, a big time impact player for you? Yeah, I just thought uh, Ben Smith never gets the respect that he deserves. Anybody that watched that Duke game last year, you know, you lose in the second round of Duke in a game that you outshoot them 14 to six. You know, they scored three goals on six shots. And um, that one was tough to swallow. And I think when you watch that game and, and there were some really, really high, highly level uh, or highly rated uh, players on the field, uh, I thought Ben Smith was awesome in the game. And for him to not get the respect that he deserves – yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's frustrating, but uh, we know what he does for us. And, uh, you know, the players, uh, you know, really believe in him. And so him taking the next step and empowering other people. And, uh, you know, I thought last year he had to do it a little bit more by himself. And, you know, this year, I think, you know, he's got uh, guys that he's known for a long time, you know, half the rosters from coming from Colorado. And so half the roster, these guys have played together since they were, you know, seven, eight years old. They've, they've been ball boys here. And so guys like Ian Smith, Sam Bassett, um, you know, uh, Jason Bioli, um, you know, Aiden O'Toole comes back. These are players that have known each other for a long, long time. So their familiarity, uh, their love for each other, their connection, you know, that's what makes the team unique. All right, Jamie, final couple for you, and uh, and we'll get you out of here as you get closer and closer to the start of this season. You've also got uh, a matchup coming up next month, which is uh, Alumni Weekend, and that's September 30th. And um, you are the head of a program that has such an impressive alumni base and such a tight-knit community. What is it about Denver soccer that you feel like Every year, Alumni Weekend is something special. Um, what is it about the Pioneer community that makes it that way from your point of view? I think it's the 4D experience. I think, you know, uh, the, it's the student athlete experience. It's not just the athlete experience. It's, it's, it's their relationships with the professors, you know, 11 to one student faculty ratio here. There's only, you know, less, you know, 6,500 undergrads. Uh, so the experience that they get is very close knit. You're at a small private school that's nested outside the city of Denver. Um, that's beautiful. You know, it's beautiful. And the kids get uh, the experience of Denver. And so a lot of the kids take internships and uh, the Bur uh, Burwell Center just opened here and they just do a great job at the University of Denver of getting the right internships, getting them the right jobs. And so you know, a lot of uh, the alumni, you know, we built this thing brick by brick. Uh, even before I was here, there were so many important alumni that put uh, important foundation down so that we could build it higher. And, and, and you know, now you're seeing, I think we have uh, top GPA five of the past eight years and the other years were top, still top three. 
Uh, I think the alumni are seeing that there's a, a standard of excellence in the classroom, in the community, and on the soccer field. So, you know, any way that they can support us, uh, it's been great. You know, we're, we're, we're pushing forward uh, to try to, you know, get an endowment fund where it's going to take care of the program, where, you know, the next tier of athletics and or the next stage of it is, you know, leaving it better than when you found it. And for our, our alumni to really kind of take care of the program, uh, it's just special. It's just such a good feeling. And, and, and ultimately this is what college athletics is about is using your experience to just learn, you know, learn important life lessons. So I think we have so many repayers and people that are bought into the program because, uh, they had such a great experience as a student athlete here. All right. Last one for you. We are in the midst of, of such a cool moment for soccer. Um, I mean, obviously on the international stage, but even just on the U S stage and for so long, it's been all about, Oh, when is, when is soccer going to be the next big thing in America and blah, blah, blah. Nowadays it's so present. It's so here as it's no longer really a big four sports as a big five sports Messi's here. The, the women's national team obviously didn't have the result that they wanted uh, in Australia and New Zealand, but the, the buzz that they create when you look back to when you started with this program to where it is now, does the energy around the community um, in Denver and nationally, does it feel different from where it was at the early stages of your career, just in terms of the focus and the love uh, from outside, maybe the the community of soccer, but the, the more casual fans who have started to buy in and be part of this? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, because of uh, the way that we're training our you know, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds, uh, you know, they're getting into the sport at a higher level. The coaching education is better than it's ever done. You know, U.S. soccer is just doing a tremendous job with a grassroots effort. Uh, you know, I, th I still think that ed coaching education needs to continue to, to, to move forward and, and, and the pay-for-play model, uh, you know, needs to be sorted out. But, you know, they're making all the right steps. And, and, and ultimately, by training those kids at the, you know, at a better age, younger, uh, we're just becoming um, – you know, we're coming more, um, we're, we're becoming more, uh, you know, ready for the big stage. And so when people are like, oh, U.S. soccer, is there a golden era? There's no golden era. There's tons of good players everywhere. And now when I'm recruiting, it's not, I'm just not recruiting against my colleagues. I'm recruiting against Premier League teams, Bundesliga teams. And I think like that's the biggest difference is that the whole bottom of, of, of everybody of, of the whole sport has gotten so much better. And, and, and I don't think we've ever seen uh, such athletes in the sport that have a technical uh, uh, background to it. You know, most of the time, you know, when I was playing, it was more like you were either technical or you're really athletic. And I think the, the combination of the two, because they're being uh, trained in the right environment. And so college soccer, the level is just so high and, and, and maybe the best players are going pro and they're not going to college anymore. But man, it's still such a good level and it's so fun to see it in an intimate setting. We have a beautiful stadium, you know, that like sometimes I have to pinch myself. The sun's going over the mountains and it's like, <laughs> man, I can't believe I do this for a job. So just feel really fortunate to be part of this wave of soccer and and, uh, you know, ultimately uh, trying to push the game forward. That is a pretty incredible feeling and uh, some pretty exciting stuff coming up Thursday. The Pioneers will get this 2023 season started seven o'clock against San Diego State. He's Pioneers head men's soccer coach, Jamie Franks. Jamie, good luck. Uh, we'll see you out there soon. We'll talk to you on the coaches show again soon. And uh, good luck against the Aztecs and, uh, and coming up this weekend against GCU as well. Go Pios. Wrapping up this week's episode of the Denver Coaches Show. We'll talk to you next time presented by Johnson Financial Group from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios on 104.3 The Fan.